The ButteCast is presented by Casa Grande Steakhouse. You know about Casa Grande Steaks, but you also have to check out the rest of the menu. I know I could eat the chicken Marcella from Casa Grande's for just about every meal for the rest of my life. It really is that good. Casa Grande's also has some great made-to-order pasta dishes, seafood, appetizers, desserts, and sushi. Thursdays are sushi nights at Casa Grande's. Also, Casa Grande's can handle all your catering needs. They have been catering the Butte Sports Hall of Fame banquet for the past several years, and it is just unbelievably good. Visit Casa Grande's at 801 South Utah Avenue. Call 406-723-4141 for reservations, and trust me on the Chicken Marcella. Casa Grande Steakhouse, eat where the locals eat. Welcome to the Butte Cast with Bill Foley. It's a podcast about the greatest city in the world, Butte America. Amen. Let's meet the people and characters who make Butte the richest hill on earth. Now, here's my dad, Bill Foley. Today's podcast is a bit of a reunion. Matt Vincent and I wrote a column called Rat Chat for the Montana Standard for about seven years starting in December of 1998. Every third Thursday or so, we published a column that was written on an old laptop computer while we sat at a bar. Usually, that bar was Maloney's. Since the powers that be, including our trophy wives as they call themselves, put the kibosh on Rat Chat, Vinny and I raised our families and, well, we grew up a little bit ourselves. Vinny also rode my coattails to a four-year stint as chief executive of Butte Silver Bow. No longer a politician, Vinny is now a consultant and his own boss. He is also following the hockey careers of his two high school-aged boys. Today, Vinny and I caught up and we talked about our rat chat days and what is the first of what will be a regular appearance on the Butte cast by my old pal Matt Vincent. While the beverage of choice changed from Budweiser to Mountain Dew and coffee, We figured the best meeting place was the place we used to call home. We really did. We met at Maloney's. Today's podcast also includes a quick appearance by our good friend John Weitzel, who will become a Golden Bee tonight when Butte High takes on Missoula Big Sky in a Western AA football game at Naranchi Stadium. I hope you sit back and enjoy a couple of old friends talking about the good old days. Well, Matt Vincent, uh, we're returning to the scene of the crime, as you might say. Maloney's Bar, as we used to call it, home. Home. Home base. (laughs) See you at home. Of course, we're usually on a Monday or Tuesday. uh, Yeah, and uh, this course is we're meeting at uh, a little after 11 o'clock on Friday, which uh, you'll have coffee and I have a Mountain Dew. So times definitely have changed in the 16, 17 years or so since we've done Rat Chat. Just one of the... the Small changes that one of the small, although, yeah, we used to. Of course, there was a time I think we were here on an average six nights a week. Oh, yeah. If it, I mean, my my two biggest nutritional staples was Maloney's Bar, or as I like to write on my checks at the time, Maloney's Savings and Loan, (laughs) and uh, the MM, the (laughs) MM, yeah, the MM that we did always finish up there until illegal times and get in trouble. And look at that, he's. Gino's trying to give me some Guinness. Guinness non-alcoholic. Guinness non-alcoholic. Who the hell would want 
<laughs> yeah, I can't imagine the. I've never understood the the whole deal with non-alcoholic beer. You you drink it sometimes, or used to anyway. Yeah, I don't. I mean, some of it's all right. The best ones I've had are the the Heineken uh, one. Is tastes pretty much like Heineken, yeah. probably because the skunk piss taste overpowers <laughs> the alcohol bite. Yeah, but there was no there was never any beer that I liked enough that I would drink it over a Mountain Dew, ever. So yeah, I never I never or even a Pepsi or a Coke or whatever. So, uh, so it's been, I think we said it was 2006 was the last time we wrote Rat Chat. And the first one was right before the end of the year in 1998. So I remember that we, we wrote it out of my, at my brother's house. Remember, and you, we put Maddie. Up at Donnie's. Maddie yeah. went and took a nap. And we wrote, and once she woke up, we realized it was time to stop writing. <laughs> so that was so she must be about four, wasn't she? Yeah, about four years old. And now she's a teacher, and or going to be a teacher. She's soon. working her way towards being a teacher. Just turned twenty-seven yeah. earlier this year. So that's insane. And then, of course, after that one, most of them came. We did, a, of course, more, more probably eighty percent of them Maloney's. And then we we travel a little I could, bit. I could recall doing one at the uh, one or two at the scoop. Yeah. Scoop, uh, uh, the Vu. M&M. We did, I think we did yeah. one of the M&M at once. Yeah, and uh, of course, the, what's that, the Blue Moon Saloon. Blue Moon. <laughs> when Lugene tried to light a mannequin on fire, <laughs> which that may have been the, of course, my, my favorite moment from that, or my first memory from that is going and seeing Bunker Johnson as the, the, hooded, the hooded hangman. And you remember he was sitting there, uh, he had his Viking shirt on, he had his hangman's hood you know he's like six seven or whatever he is he's a big boy and he's he's got uh a hole cut around his mouth and he's eating spaghetti and the spaghetti was all over it and i said hey bunker how's it going he goes how'd you know it was me <laughs> so uncle bunky and then then they hung uh the, and bob gannon in effigy and as the mannequin was hanging there lugene was trying to light the plastic with the lighter with her with her bic lighter <laughs> yeah that was, oh my lord those were the days but do you hear about Rat Chat much anymore? Do people bring it up to you? Nope. It's been years. Kind of fate. We kind of I mean, faded for a, away. For, for a long time, you know, people would say stuff. Uh, but no, it's been years since anybody's uh, brought up Rat Chat to me. Yeah. What do, what do you remember when we when you think about Rat Chat? What's your, <laughs> which, what's, which column stands out to you? Oh, God. Well, I mean, the one, the, the one in, I think it, it's obviously in your uh, highlight list, too, since you still use the photo for, <laughs> your, for your column shot, was the uh, try, try and do uh, brainstorm vacation destination uh, yeah. uh, ideas for our mining city by driving golf balls into the Berkeley pit. Yeah, I think that was, it seems like that came out of a reaction to the to uh, the destination Montana. Remember, we laughed at that. We were the first ones to laugh at that while the city was biting like the monorail episode of The Simpsons. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 we jumped on that and yeah, that was, uh, that was 20 years, that was 2002. Cause it was, I remember that it was Bruce's 50th uh, birthday the night that he had to decide whether or not to run that yep. and he said the cigarettes he smoked that night on the low end dock worrying about that is what caused his heart attack six months later well it was uh, I mean it was a great column I would say yeah. it was one of our one of our best yeah. kind of showed everything but we uh, we took a little hell over that we one. got in trouble for that kind of uh, well you know in hindsight uh, the Berkeley pit is uh, 
big of a draw as it is is a pretty dangerous place so see that, especially when we went in there in the condition we went in there <laughs> yeah. but uh, i'll never forget you didn't have to go to the meeting with the mine boss because you were out of town for work that's correct and the mine boss at the time was your cousin my, my mom's cousin <laughs> and uh it didn't go well he he's still i don't think he finds the humor in this even in retrospect today no as, 20 uh, years later as we do and i mean you know when you have a when you have a place like mr that has such a focus on safety culture i can, I can yeah kind of see why. well you, the meeting it was kind of funny is uh the standard just had a some kind of a big uh you know powwow of what they got to do to direction the papers got to go and they had the notes on the board in the little meeting room next to Heidi, publisher Heidi Wright's office. And number one on the list said, be more edgy. And it was over my shoulder that Steve was looking at that as he's talking to me as our goals for the paper, be more edgy. And as I said, we were literally on the edge. <laughs> if we could find any closer to the edge, we would have fell in. Because we were hitting golf balls into the pit. Yeah. And uh, he said, uh, at the meeting, I'll never forget the meeting. He started it by said, uh, he mentioned my grandparents, my mom. He said, what, what would you do if, if I was telling today, telling Grandma Mary or Grandpa Jerry, your mom, Josephine, that I found you dead in, in the mine yard? And I didn't like that start at all. So I said, well, what if our column was about the irresponsible mine boss who left open the gate to the world's largest Superfund site? <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> that was just ice cold after that. Yep, as, uh, as I can expect. Yeah. Uh, no, that was, I mean, is... Uh, is much fun and is cool. I, I'm still a strong believer that uh, driving golf balls into the Berkeley pit would be a huge tourist draw, but yeah, just uh, there'd have to be some safeguards set up. <laughs> yeah, well, of course, we had the idea. Remember, Malloy had the idea of launching old junk cars in <laughs> with the giant catapult. <laughs> Ooh, I, I don't know if I want to take any uh, accountability for talking about ideas of Malloy. <laughs> Malloy. <laughs> <laughs> old Tommy. As I asked, I guess he doesn't come here as much anymore, old Tom. I haven't seen him in a long time. Tommy's uh, Tommy's doing good. Is he? But, uh, he's retired now. I yeah. talked to him not too long ago. but uh, Yeah. So, uh, and another one, of course, our award winning. Remember, we used to always say it was an award winning column. Cause, uh, multiple award we Multiple award. But the first time we won an award, I think, was the was the Rainbows. Remember when we went up to the Rainbow right. Family? We went up and covered the sports scene at the Rainbow Family <laughs> Festival. That was one of my favorites as yeah, well. There may have been a Frisbee up there or something. I don't know. Hack, hacky sacks, hacky Frisbees. Yeah. yeah. A, lot of, a lot of female armpit pit hair. Yeah, that was, uh, that was quite the scene. That was fun, though. Oh, my gosh. I've never seen anything like it to this day. Yeah. And they went back a few years later to the same spot. Yeah, close to the same spot. I, did, was, I didn't go up uh, for that one, though. No, neither did I. I only, Once is enough. <laughs> yeah, one rainbow family <laughs> gathering is, is, is more than that. Enough. They were very accepting. I remember, uh, you know, we were we were greeted with open arms. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, we were told uh, all you had to be a member of the rainbow family was oh, have a this, belly button. This is just like old times. My you, wife's calling. Your me wife on must the, know. Uh, on the other line. Well, you better yeah, get it. So. Oh, I don't. I, I know you. I know you have a little more liberty with the yeah. swear words, but. She's looking at my location and seeing it. It's a Maloney's. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that'd probably be good fodder for the for, for the podcast fools. Yeah, that that those were the old days. Is uh, I liked is my cell phone would never work in here, which got me in a lot of trouble. Oh my gosh! But, 
that's uh that's probably what kind of ended you know we of course the, we we made fun of a certain cyclist and their family was hell-bent on getting rid of us uh but i think what really ended the rat chat was was alicia and kim oh yeah yeah that they were they were weighing the uh, return on investment <laughs> and i it just wasn't there no well i remember the mornings after because we would uh because we all we would sit at pretty much right here was like our number one spot oh yeah right here at the bar at maloney's and uh i remember going in the morning waking up hung over and laying in bed and hearing kim moving around in the kitchen or whatever and uh just wondering how much trouble I'm in this time. Is this, <laughs> she's going to leave me for good trouble or am I, am I going to be able to recover from this trouble? Oh, I, uh, you had it easier than me because I, <laughs> I, I, the paper was my moonlighting job. I had, yeah. to, be, I had to be at the, the county the next morning, although I, I will uh, reflect on something that Tom Tolley once said when you said, geez, I, I just don't know. <laughs> I just don't know how Vinny stays out with me and so late on these rat chat nights and then shows up at work for nine the next morning. Tell he said, yeah, it's pretty easy. He doesn't show up till 11. <laughs> Not proud of that. Not proud of that. But uh, needless to say, I, as we said at the beginning of the column, a few things have changed since uh, the rat chat days of glory. I think so. That was that was so much fun doing that, uh, and I think pe- people really liked it. it. It it seemed like anyway. They told us they didn't. I mean, no one. Of course, we had a whole lot of people told us they didn't. <laughs> we, we, we remember, remember the form letter we'd send out because we got so many, so many, so much hate mail because we did the Grizz Eye for the. I cat was going to say that was that that one didn't help the longevity of the column. There was a lot of calls for our heads. In fact, yeah. I will. Uh, I will not mention his name since he's uh, no longer with us, but I remember one former Bobcat great actually uh, offered to meet me outside of the M&M oh. to discuss our, <laughs> <laughs> our call. Well, which the funny thing about that is, is we wrote about how there were, it was all, there's more Californians on the team than there were Montanans, you know, and we just wanted to recruit locally is kind of what we said. And when we made fun of their arrests, and and, well, you know, fun, funny enough, had the column continued, it would have come full circle and we'd have yeah. been writing about the Grizz. Yeah. Because no, they, <laughs> they went through some pretty Same ugly... Uh, yeah, well, the, well uh, the, you know, as bad as things got at the Cats, I don't think uh, Pulitzer Prize winning author ever wrote a book about it. Yeah. <laughs> to Krakauer never went to Bozeman for no. a story. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but Sports Illustrated did, though. Because remember, Sports Illustrated wrote uh, that piece about uh, how the... The locals were fed up after you know the O'Brien arrests and all oh that my stuff. God. I mean, seriously, your assistant head coach is moonlighting <laughs> as a meth dealer on yeah. the side. <laughs> <laughs> we laughed at that, you know. But uh, of course now, of course we got Tommy's over there. I, I, I'm for the Cats all the way this year in the oh, Cat hey Grizz man. game. Hey man, I mean it's it's one of those deals where other than the the one weekend a year where if you got a pulse you got to choose one side or the other you, yeah. you just want to see them both do good yeah. but that, that column came out right as i was reading al franken had a book where he had the idea of sending a form letter to the people to hate hate email send a form letter back thanking them for their support and uh, we don't have enough time to get back to everybody individually and the one I, we sent that to is Gary Corbett. <laughs> and he kept replying, you know, this isn't a fan letter. And I just kept sending it back to him. So I, I remember the, the next morning or the next afternoon when I come into work, uh, O'Brien's waiting for me. He says, will you leave Gary Corbett alone? <laughs> 
And now the, the funny part is, is I see Corbin harassing Davey Dunmire on Facebook every day. Oh, gosh. So, uh, yeah. uh, it, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's just a thing of beauty. I thought that was. Yeah. It was, uh, I mean, you know, it, it really was. <laughs> Whether anybody wants to admit it or not, it really was a, a spotlight that uh, showed how, how a lot of people in this community lived and probably continue to live yeah. until to this day yeah so and that's it, why it was that's why it was so entertaining for the local readers i would say and then we you know obviously that was the funny thing is that that it showed up on the sports page yeah <laughs> because about two-thirds of our content was political economic yeah social i mean it yeah. was of course you know we we always had to talk about uh our beloved Bears. And yeah, the Bears. When they, the Bears beat uh, the Packers the one time, I think, during the whole run. We really <laughs> had to love that up. Oh, well, isn't that a shame about Brett Favre? Yeah, he's going to the, he's going to prison. <laughs> <laughs> Where he belonged the whole time, I, I, I've been hey, saying. who knows? Maybe there's still some of that money left. He can get him to build a nice uh, cell for him before he shows up. Yeah, he can. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, so of the of the columns, I, I I think you hear the most about still. I I, I still hear about Bob Gannon, because we uh, Timmy Dick used to always make the joke of beating a dead horse, because we cause remember we started when the Touch America they they what the power was sell they were selling the power and put all their money into Touch America right, so they sold off all their assets and it was just a bad move. Uh, in hindsight, because they were getting out of the power industry to go into fiber optics and that and that right in the before the the dawn as you say the the dawn of the wireless era yep. <laughs> you know? so it was bad timing and uh, well, remember we we first started that we were because we thought it was going to just kill our town you know oh, the power oh, yeah. well it, 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 was hurt a lot, it hurt a lot of people so at sure. first we were a lot of the people who had stock in it were like hey knock it off they just made a business decision remember that they leave them alone you know we were on them and then when their nest egg started to disappear they're like you got to give him more help than you did, and oh, I remember, we gave all those guys. I remember people that uh, were looking towards retirement within the next couple of years who found themselves working two jobs yeah. just to try and make up for for lost ground. I mean, it was tough, tough time, and I mean, you know, might beat a dead horse, but it was not a good decision. <laughs> no, it was bad, and that's what I remember. Uh, I remember arguing with uh, O'Brien about trying to keep some lines in about Bob Gannon. He says, why are you on decent <laughs> Bob Gannon? I said, so people, I think it was an outlet. They, he needed to be. It was hard times. I, I compared it to when uh, during the Gulf War, when I went to the Civic Center and there's pictures of Saddam Hussein in the urinal. I said, man, that <laughs> felt great. <laughs> you know, cause you couldn't go beat him up yourself. Good analogy because it was, uh, I mean, you know. Whether he deserved it or not, when you're the CEO and you get paid the big bucks, that's that's yeah. who answers. That's where the buck stops. Yeah, and I haven't. Uh, I was hoping actually maybe one day get a hold of him, talk to him on a podcast, see what he uh, see what his life is like now. And I can honestly say I have not heard anything about uh, Bob in over a decade. Yeah, the last thing I heard was when Muzzy threw him out of uh, the freeway, <laughs> which and and Muzzy told me that story. You know, so I. It's not one of those urban legends like, uh, like uh, Ricky Schroeder getting beat up. <laughs> Which who, t who told me? I never even saw that guy. <laughs> you know, it is just legend that he punched him out. So I don't know if someone else punched him. Holy cow! 
Cole, Look at what's this. up, we brother? Got some, you up here for a little study some local session? Sports or? legends coming to town. <laughs> coming in to study. <laughs> yeah, that. Uh, so th- that was the Bob Gannon one. Is yeah, the one I hear about the most. Uh, in the pit, obviously, was the most fun. It, the, of course, I, I think the one that I think people wish we would still do it for is the LC Awards. Oh yeah, the LC Awards was. I mean, we look forward to that all year, all year. And that, that was your idea. <laughs> I th- we were talking about doing an awards show just to kind of mock the, the SB awards. Yeah, SBLC, you know. And well, only uh, ours was much, much more uh, legitimate. Please. Our, okay. I'll have one more, please. One more Mountain Dew and one more coffee. Days and times have changed. But no, we, I remember we were over at the club and uh, we were trying to figure out what to name, uh, you know, the award show. I mean, I think that took a whole night of thinking what to name it. And you came up with Elsie. Because we were we were gonna we were going to acknowledge attitude in in sports. Yeah, and we all know we all know Elsie. There was no uh, better attitude than Elsie. <laughs> nope. And no uh, messing with her. And I I have to be honest. I was uh, I was nervous as, as hell to go to the Eminem the next time after that came out because <laughs> I I wasn't sure how she was going to take that. Yeah, we could have just, I mean, like I, like I already said, that was one of my nutritional staples. I didn't know where I was going to maybe eat. Yeah. So She uh, she loved it, though. Yeah. And then, I remember the last, last one of the last ones we did, we actually went down to her house and uh, posed for a photo with her. She and, had the Mickey Mouse shirt on, right? Yep, yep, the Mickey Mouse <laughs> sweatshirt. Yeah. yeah, she thought that was great. But, uh, yeah, she, uh, she, she still talks about, uh, or uh, people still talk about uh, the LC awards all the time and the, and the awards that they won. And I've talked to people who put them on resumes, LC awards. It was, uh, there was a coach. I can't remember which coach it was. He told me he put it on his resume. I want to know who that coach was. It, it wasn't Ari Gray, though, because Ari, Ari is still mad at us for <laughs> the cat column. <laughs> no, it was, uh, we nominated, uh, and this is where we made a mistake. I offered Ari a retraction and or a correction, and he said no, because we said the cats went 0-10. When they went 0 and 11, and we nominated Kramer for being the Coach of the Year award for going from 0 and 10 to Big Sky Conference or whatever they did. You know, yeah. I can't remember if they won it or if they just went seven and four or whatever. And then we nominated Joe Glenn right after that for never going 0 and 10 in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> and Ari was a student teacher at Butte High then, and he saw he was assistant track coach, and he says, "Hey asshole, we went 0 and 11." <laughs> So, all right, well, we can run a correction. Oh, I do remember that. It is, is mom. I think that was, uh, there's another one I got in trouble, too, was uh, when we we got in trouble with the mom. I think she actually canceled the subscription, which it was one of the nice things we said when we did our uh, crossword puzzle. Remember, we had Ari Gray in there. We could shady, shady Deer Lodge Gritter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was great. That's right. Not that he was shady, but. Well, and then, yeah, we, well, I, I just want to publicly apologize to to Bruce for all of the hell we put him through. <laughs> over the it year. was his his he started though because he sent us to to uh, the Cat and Grizz parties to do stories that oh, night. Yeah. Remember when we were joking about how many cigarettes Bruce be smoking because of the deadline, <laughs> and we rolled up late. We only had a half hour to write that story. And we're going back and forth. and we always uh, deliver. And Bruce was on the loading dock smoking a cigarette waiting for us but we, but that night. But, uh, yeah, I remember that. That was when we remember we saw Coach Mack. Oh, yeah. And Coach Mack says uh, to you, what, uh, 
is this the only little job you got going on here, Vinny? <laughs> he says, no, I, I work for the county, too. And he says, you didn't go you to didn't Central. You didn't go to Central. <laughs> <laughs> Coach Mack, it was so funny that he, he said that. Oh, well, that, that was that was true for a long time. But. Yeah, and we had we had a blast. Of course, and then the Grizz fans after that, that call, remember we went to the oh, Grizz we were, party after. We were celebrities We there. were celebrities, and everybody said, I'm writing a letter to the editor to support you because we were getting bombarded already. And everyone told us that they were going to write letters to support us. And then the Cats won the game, which <laughs> which wasn't good for us either because the letters came out in double. Because oh boy. a couple days after we write that, the Cats beat the Grizz. <laughs> and uh, not one letter was written in support by the Grizz fans. Not one. So uh, I, I, I think that was kind of when I started swinging. Even though my daughter, I'm wearing a Grizz hat and my daughter's going to Grizz. Just wrote a check for a ton of money to them. Or I guess I didn't write a check as... It's 2022. You don't write checks anymore. But uh, I still, you know, for the Bobcats song, as I got Tommy and and Aaron and you know the and then uh, Casey's on you know travel with Casey Kautzman and Schneider. Remember uh, Schneider's dad oh, yeah. used to be uh, Jason was a beauty. Man. We used to see him from time to time. Yeah, he was always a, a welcome uh, fan of of the column yeah. when we'd see him in our. At our office. Yeah. And then, so the funny, the thing that I couldn't believe is after the column, because we get associated with each other so well. Because I remember you wrote a story, a big expose story, which I don't remember what the headline was, but basically the premise was, is why does Butte High football suck all of a sudden? (laughs) (laughs) And one of the lines was, you said it's to the soccer players, you brought up soccer. You said, get your ass off the soccer field, on the football field where you belong. (laughs) <laughs> yep, I remember that. And then you won an election after that in town. Well, you know, which those sort of those sort of comments and uh, sentiments probably also cost me an election. Too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I have a theory on your win an election and then losing an election because <laughs> we're so associated together, right? Everything because people were mad at me for different things you said, you know, you know, they, and you had people mad at you for things I said. I said, I was Vinny said that. Well, he's your partner. So we'll get mad at him. Tell him he's bigger than me. You know, you want to fight somebody, beat him up, go fight Vinny. He'll fight me. So um, I think you were so associated with me that my popularity carried you to the victory over Paul Babb in 2012. We, we, could, we can go with that. Yeah, uh, and, and, that then, and then once we were, you know, the association kind of broke, and as Lejean, Lejean's probably standing, if there is such thing as ghosts, as, as this town believes, she's standing right here giving you the daggers over the goddamn bike lanes. Uh, honest to God, she, she <laughs> literally texted when she was in the hospital in her, her last weeks saying, tell Vinny it was that goddamn angle parking and bike lanes. <laughs> she was so upset about that, which I don't understand how people got so mad about that. Hey, but you got blamed for every. You got blamed for snowstorms. Yeah, it's, it goes back to my comment about, about Bob Gannon and Granite. I mean, you know, when you're in the CEO yeah. position, you either make the calls or you approve the calls, and that's just part part of the way it goes. Yeah, and that was uh, I couldn't the four years or the four years after you're there. You know, Dave Palmer, my former neighbor. You know, a good guy. I like Dave a ton. He he wasn't out and about as much. He, Bruce said when he did go out, he was doing a lot of ribbon cuttings from projects that you started you know yeah i I mean it was it you know four years it was the four best years of my employment history but at the end of the four years you know i was belly aching because i mean i when i signed up i laid out i put a ton of 
time, uh, time into planning and talking to people around the community on what we needed to get done. And you couldn't do it in four years. So I had an eight, eight year time frame and yeah. did everything I said I was going to do in the first four years, plus a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah. And so I was belly aching that, oh shit, you know, how could this happen? And my dad, my dad cheered me up and put it in a, in a great perspective. He says, get over it. You just got a head start, a four year head start on the rest of your life. <laughs> Big Mike coming through with the words of wisdom yeah. as usual. And then and then the best explanation I got from you know how I won and then lost was from that old sage uh, Paul Cody down at uh, Gamers. Yeah. <laughs> Never forget he told me, "Well, Vinny, it shouldn't be that big of a surprise. There's two people things impute hate worse than anything else." change in the way things are <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's really you're you're it no matter what you do you're yeah you're gonna do yeah. something wrong and then of course i remember you had you had to fight with uh the 410 fight my brother was mad at you over that oh trying to get God. the 410s and uh and that that's the thing is i thought i think everybody who's elected the county employees hate them within a year and a half Oh yeah, there's no there's no loving them unless you know I I don't know how many of them have have given the employees everything they've wanted. But yeah, if you do that, you're not necessarily doing the taxpayers right, right. Well, that's I mean that you know back back to the four years I was in office. All I can say is we completed or started almost two hundred million dollars in public infrastructure improvements and yeah. didn't raise people's taxes once in four years and the other thing that people forget about is i took a pay freeze for all four years i did not take a raise yeah. for four years even though yeah. <laughs> if i would have figured it out to the dollars an hour i mean I, yeah <laughs> I, I look back at you know i look back at the the memories that pop up on your facebook deal yeah. and just see these photos of my kids that i can barely remember them i just yeah. i mean it was it was a big it takes a big toll on a guy and it's a real big sacrifice. So, you know what? Nobody's going to be perfect. Nobody's going to do everything right, but take your hat off to the to the people that yeah. that do step up and are lucky enough. I think they all think they're lucky when they win the election. Yeah. <laughs> but uh who who serve in in that capacity? It's I I didn't I I say this quite often too and I and I'm only half joking. I didn't know what the definition of a thankless job was until election night when I ran for re-election. 5518 Designs is your uptown butte destination for all of your apparel and gift needs. 5518 offers their own line of in-house designed and locally produced apparel celebrating what we love about butte and our Montana lifestyle. You'll also find outdoor essentials such as Chaco sandals, Dekine backpacks and gear, and Kabu apparel and packs. Something for the whole family. Visit 5518 Designs at 27 North Main Street in the heart of historic Uptown Butte and online at shop5518.com. There's no story so good that a drink from Park Street Liquors won't make it better. From the finest whiskeys and regional spirits to the latest RTDs and select wines, Park Street Liquors has all the ingredients to make your parties and stories legendary. Park Street Liquors can also assist with your corporate event or wedding by helping create and plan your wine and spirits menus. You name it and Park Street Liquors has it. Stop by and see Tom and the crew at 133 West Park Street or call 406-782-6278. Make your stories 
legendary. Visiting your neighborhood Thriftway Superstops was already your favorite stop of the day. Now, it is even better. Join the brand new Thriftway Loyalty Club to rack up big discounts, earn free stuff, and receive more TLC with every visit. Download the TLC app and take advantage of great deals on pizza, grab-and-go favorites, fresh-brewed coffee, cool fountain drinks, and much, much more at your neighborhood Thriftway Superstops. Loyalty Club members also save 5 cents per gallon off top-tier conical fuel every single day. Plus, earn points at the pump and in the store. Casa Grande Steakhouse serves steak and so much more. You cannot beat their seasoned, hand-cut Rocky Mountain ground beef. But did you know about their menu filled with made-to-order pastas, chicken sautés, mouth-watering seafood, appetizers, enticing desserts, or their most recent addition, sushi? Thursday nights are sushi nights at Casa Grande's, where you will be welcomed as a part of the family. Casa Grande's can also handle all your catering needs with style, class, and a taste that cannot be beat. Visit Casa Grande Steakhouse inside the historic Bertoglio Warehouse at 801 South Utah Avenue in Uptown Butte. Call 406-723-4141 for reservations. Check out their menu at casagrandesteakhouse.com. Casa Grande Steakhouse, eat where the locals eat. Dig City Supply has everything you need to cheer on your Montana tech or diggers with the largest selection of locally designed and produced fully licensed apparel and gifts. Bulldog and Maroon fans can shop their huge selection of fan gear for your teams and schools as well as a wide selection of Butte themed items. Modern, classic, wear your pride from Dig City Supply, a division of 5518 Designs located across from the parking garage at 43 West Park Street in Uptown Butte or online at digcitysupply.com. You want to watch your favorite football team on Sunday, but it isn't on TV? No problem. Go to Metal Sports Bar and Grill and check out all the games. In addition to a full-service bar and a menu full of terrific entrees cooked to perfection, Metal's also has the Sunday ticket. Kick back with some raised fingers, the best pizza in town, and a refreshing drink as you root on your team on one of 31 big-screen TVs at Metal's. Don't miss a moment of your favorite team with Metal Sports Bar and Grill, where the food is the star. Metals is open at 11 a.m. every Sunday during football season. <laughs> no, would you ever run again for anything? Um, any public office, I will not run for. I will run from. <laughs> <laughs> you will run. No, run. I will run. I'll always, I'll always keep running, folks. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember the advice I tried to give you, and I don't know if you listened to me, but it came from J.D. Lynch, because. Uh, but we, I thought one of our best moments of Rat Chat was when we had Paul Babb and J.D. Lynch do a debate at Maloney's, right? Just a few bar stools down from where we're at. Oh, God, that was and great. That was a fun night. But there was one woman didn't believe me that we were bringing them there. You know, I said, well, we got the chief executive kids. She said, get out of here. And then when she finally, I said, no, they really are. And, and I think you said that she left and then came back with a list of questions. And uh, she right over by the... In the little doorwell there. See you, Gino. See you, Gino. In the little door, or like by the basement, uh, she had uh, Paul Babb cornered. And Paul was trying to answer every question. And but a few minutes before, the JD dismissed her with really quick, you know. And uh, I remember JD looks over at Paul as he's standing there cornered by her and trying to answer every question. And he says, if the election comes down to her vote, he can have it. 
<laughs> I'll tell you what, Butte has had some uh, well-seasoned uh, veterans in the political yeah. arena, and they all had, had great advice. The, the one, and this, this for any, any politicians or aspiring politicians who might be listening today, uh, one of our, our great, if not the greatest, county attorney in Butte history, Bob McCarthy, no. he, he, I remember him giving me his two pieces of advice once, once you're in this position. He says, never, never argue with anybody that's coming up and, and chewing at you and telling them, even though you know they're wrong, he says, never tell them that they're wrong or yeah. try and convince them that, that you're right. He says, the, the answer in those cases is very thoughtfully shake your head and say, you may be right. <laughs> you may be right. You may be right. Yeah. <laughs> and the other one is he says when somebody when somebody comes in a constituent comes in and they're telling you all of the the woes and reasons why they think you should do this or how could you have done that never say I understand. <laughs> he says never say. always say I hear you. I, I hear you. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. That is good advice. Well, it, it is good advice because how can you understand yeah. when, when somebody might be talking about, you know, a, a tragic loss in their family yeah. and you, you haven't had it? I think there's a certain individual in, a, in well, there's lots of individuals in elected spots who could yeah. could probably benefit themselves by heeding that advice from the hook, yeah. As, yeah. As, as he was known. But God bless and God rest Bob McCarthy. What a... What a great guy. So when when you didn't win the election that time, what do you think was the main thing? Was it the, was it the evil days fiasco it, it that was, got in the paper? It was, I mean, literally. I mean, that, that didn't help me. Playing, fact, and then they, you know, they played a, Kelly's a certain, voicemail. A, a certain, well, a, a certain uh, uh, local reporter referred to me as... Kelly Knievel's brother-in-law more yeah. than he referred to me as the chief executive yeah. after that. And you were not, place. and you abstained from any decision making on that. I know. And in hindsight, if I could fix that, I would have tackled it with, with both feet and the vigor I used to tackle Carroll College quarterbacks. <laughs> I mean, I wish I wouldn't have stayed out of it because it yeah. was a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. Um, but that that that's water under the bridge. I I do wish that our community still was able to celebrate that festival because it was the first yeah. one and, you know, arguably one the, the funnest. But uh, It was the best uh, by far, I think. So, I mean, I, not, I like all of them. You so, know, I mean, I'm, that that was, that definitely, I mean, you... But without Evil it, Days, it, there was never going to be, the Folk Fest was never going to be here. No, I mean, it really kind of opened up the community's eyes to what the potential was for yeah. doing what we've always done best, host yeah. a good party. Yeah. And, uh, you know, thank God that, that, that that's carried forward and is, you know, still still providing great economic impact and, you know, good cultural impact and, yeah. and family fun for, for the community. Um but yeah, it wasn't. It, I don't think it was the Knievel days. I don't think it was anything one thing singularly. Yeah. I mean, every time you do something, you're going to piss somebody off. Yeah. And I did a lot in, in four years. And I therefore, I pissed off a lot of people. And quite honestly... Yeah, you did. You were always out doing something. Well, and if you go back yeah. to Paul Cody's you know, quip, that's really kind of true, is... And I love this town. Obviously, I've, I've raised all my kids here and ain't going anywhere. But uh, this town does not like change. And no. we changed a lot yeah. in four years. And I just don't think uh, the, the 
enough people <laughs> to push me into a second term uh, agreed with that. Well, my, my theory is, is, is so many people thought they were voting for me because we're so tied together. <laughs> and then when they realized it wasn't me, they like, no, we don't want that guy. <laughs> Gosh. If you just would have hired me to be your right-hand guy instead of Corey Johns, everything would have been fine. <laughs> we would have been seen oh, together everywhere. Yeah, I got a, 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 a quick story on, on uh, Corey Johns. Uh, I didn't know. I didn't even know you got to, to pick one person to appoint as your thing. And that decision was uh, largely made for me when uh, still sitting Governor Brian Schweitzer called yeah. up and said, you got to give the you got to give your Butte brother a, <laughs> a place to land. And yeah. so, yeah, lo love Corey. Yeah, he love Corey. I think he'll acknowledge this day that I helped him get through the University of Montana with uh, I, I got how to study for Mike uh, Lazovich, Tony's brother. You know, he's a professor in political science over there. And I, I got how to study him. You know, I knew, you know, and so me and Corey, I, I helped Corey in that class. And he, he, he'd, uh, we had a lot of fun together, too, over there. But oh, he's, he's a great guy. Yeah. Great guy. So now that you're not you're running for office, you're running from office. <laughs> I think, of course, I, I remember there was a questionnaire filling out when you were running and Oakridge was in charge of it he laughed when he, when he saw the questionnaire it says what can, will you do to help the campaign what can you do to help the campaign and I said I'll be quiet <laughs> <laughs> I won't tell these stories because there's a lot of good Matt Vincent stories yes there are are they are are they all still now uh, not I still can't talk about them or is it you know it Maybe we can work out some sort of an arrangement where yeah. I can allow you to release a few of those from time to time. <laughs> because uh, I, some of the stories... Johnny Weitzel. Hey, the legendary great, Johnny Weitzel. Great photo in the paper today. I, it was so beautiful that Weitzel's I... Weitzel's uh, in the paper? Oh, yeah. Check this out. Check this out. <laughs> they still sell copies of the paper? Look at that handsome son of a oh, bitch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's Silver Bee's night. He's a golden bee. Johnny golden Weitzel, bee? congratulations on your golden bee status. Wow, that means, Johnny, you are officially an old man. <laughs> <laughs> number 82 in the programs, number one at Maloney's. Johnny was a heck of a player, too. Yes, he was. Back in the yes, day. Yes, he was. So 50 years ago, he got his letter, huh? Wow. It seems like it was last week, doesn't it? Johnny, I was giving you credit for being like playing like in 77, 78. Yeah. That's when I was born. <laughs> 72. Well, it's good to see him playing back at Naranchi, that's for sure. It is good. And that's why I finally get to watch games from the stands, because which is such a different vantage point, you know, than standing on the sideline you get to watch. But, of course, that reminds me of one of the – I went. I've been, finally got to go to some Tech games as a fan. And I think the last game I went to Tech as a fan before this year – was the infamous Matt Vincent jumped off sides 27 <laughs> times inside the inside the one yard line. It was only four. Bulls. But you know, I, I went back and researched that, and I think it was the second time he jumped off sides is when they called it. Right? It wasn't even. It was one of those things that gets exaggerated. Yeah, I I thought it was 
three for sure, maybe four. Yeah. But quite honestly, Coach, Coach Green, I, we, I we bring it, it up every time we're together, and he still is pretty certain that that is the only time in college football history that a touchdown has been awarded without the ball being I, I can still played. hear Coach Green. That is not a rule. That is not a rule. <laughs> I, I was sitting way up high in the towards and above the end zone there because it was the north end zone. So I was sitting way up high watching it there. And I remember people leaving early. Tech fans were leaving because Carol, I don't know if that was the big touchdown that finally, like the final one that kind of put them. I mean, that, win. that's quite honestly, that was, that's why I was doing it. It meant okay. that much. And I was trying to get the defensive front fired up to keep these guys from, yeah. from, uh, you know, scoring another yeah. touchdown. Cause it you was, knocked a, that it, was it tight end or tackle? You knocked him back about 40 it was, yards. It was a tackle. Yeah. Tackle. Yeah. It was Just um, been bullying the tight end. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, that's where maybe my, my, uh, tech, uh, mathematical background came, came back to haunt me. I was, operating on the assumption that you can't take half of zero yeah and the ball was on <laughs> you on can only goal. get so far and then if they jump off sides they go back five yeah. <laughs> and, 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 I mean, half the distance of, half the distance of zero is yeah, still zero. that's not a valid uh, that's not a valid calculation yeah. but I, I you know i'm still mad to this day at that when uh we were i was one of the guys who left early i can't remember why i don't know if it was cold or what but we were walking or i don't know if i left early but i walked down by the end zone i was walking behind there and Brian Farron's taunting everybody. So where are you going, Butte? Where are you going, Butte? And I was like, hey, you were Butte, pal. <laughs> what is this Butte? <laughs> so still, I have, I have to settle that score with Farron one of these days. Well, we could probably arrange that. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen Farron. Of course, he's, he's, uh, he's in charge of the state of Montana's federal probation officer, so you better be careful. Oh, is he that high? Is, is, I saw his dad not, not that long ago. Oh, yeah. Bobby, he's doing good. He's doing good. Him and Lulu, they're both uh, enjoying their retirement. So. Yeah, I think, uh, I guess I just saw Brian when the this 91 team went to the Hall of Fame in 2016. Yeah, just a couple couple years ago. Which, which is another thing. <laughs> We, we wrote that we had the Butte Rats Hall of Fame column, which was just to bait Pat Carney, right? Oh, just yeah. to make fun of the Butte Sports Hall of Fame. And, and then Pat passes away, which, you know, he ended up being, remember, he was, he, there was a time he wanted to kill you. And then he oh, was helping the you with was mutual. And, and but then he was helped you with your campaign, right? Oh yeah. Then yeah. he was teaching like debate and all that stuff. He was working, helping yeah, you prepare. No, he, he helped. He, yeah. he gave me all of his, uh, all of his, uh, Cliff's <laughs> notes from when he yeah. ran, ran for the position. Yeah. So he, we, we write that just to, just debate him. And then of course I get appointed or the executive director of the hall of fame. I remember we were going, they had a the little gathering for me at medals and I was walking to the SIU and we just, the first thing you thought of <laughs> just, the irony and all this that we were making fun of the Hall of Fame and now I'm in charge of it. It's, I mean, similar to uh, after all of the trouble we got into over the uh, golf ball column, now one of my main yeah. clients is Montana Resources. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. uh, well, and uh, oh, I, I'm losing my train of thought here. You think I, we were drinking the Maloney's again, again instead of we were drinking alcohol instead of uh, Mountain Dew. But uh, that uh, column which we didn't get a rise out of him, you know, but it did. Uh, we I think we mentioned uh, Paul Riley in that one too, when he had the quote about everyone's born and before, <laughs> you and have to play, play your way out, out of it. <laughs> and uh, then he got elected to the Hall of Fame. Yep. So, and he was kind of funny. We were talking about that. Paul quote. is a great athlete. Yeah, man, great just... guy too. But uh, one of the guys we inducted into the Hall of Fame, 
was to say, hey, kid. <laughs> That's right. The kid who uh, went up for... Willie uh, Corrette. Willie Corrette went up for a uh, fly ball and yeah. never came down with it. Yeah. And <laughs> the Ghostbusters show, because that was like, we found that story. It wasn't like in a... I was, doing, I was doing some, if you recall, so I, I had this, this uh, obsession with boxing history and so I spent a lot of time oh, yeah. up at the archives and I happened Stanley to Ketchel. I yeah I happened to come across it when I was up there and we brought it up and yeah that was uh, and it was was it 1890 or something it like was that? yeah it was like the, and he was like 10 years old he yeah. falls into a mine shaft running after ball he falls yeah. like 110 feet breaks his neck he's, you know yeah and it was over because that was like in the days when they, they just put lumber over them or, or nothing at all. Yeah, and I think they, a lot of people would steal the lumber to burn it. I, I believe it was over by where the hospital is now. Yeah, it was. It was. It was over up. It, it was uh, actually a little bit north of there, up kind of where Cherokee Park is. Okay. Off of like Crystal Street there, where Dick Gibson lives, uh, really close to really? where where it happened. Well, so it was south of the railroad track, but north of uh, Park Street. The the gall uh, the Ghostbusters show which with Dylan native Chris Fisk is, is very prominent in, they attributed the, the Hennessy Mansion being haunted by Willie Corrette. And I thought that's incredibly insulting to the family, you know, which includes Connie Kenny who's related. He was a relative of Connie that's Kenny. Right. Which that's we right. found out after we put that in, in there. Uh, he was responsible for opening the drawers at the Hennessy Mansion that scared the Tommyknockers who were playing there. They tied that in together. Oh my Which, gosh! So Willie Corrette came up, and Mike Parent was talking about him on, on uh, Facebook, not that long ago. Uh, there was, I mean, the heydays of Butte, uh, being a sports fan. I, any time within that first, like from 1900 to 1910, would have been an amazing time to, to be here. Yeah, I for a lot of reasons. Well, there's so many. I I would love to go back and to watch the mine leagues, in baseball. You know, watch uh, Fawns play. When he back in those days, or you know, go further back, you know, when, like my my grandpa told me when uh, Satchel Paige came, he watched him pitch at Clark Park. That would be great to go back. Oh my gosh! Well, the, the in the biggest one, or at least I think it was the biggest one. I mean, that's like the stuff with Julio Franco and and uh, Cecil Fielder playing for the Kings. That was great. But <clears throat> and this kind of just goes to show it's it was much different back in the early 1900s. The pay grade. Because yeah. you still had guys playing when they were into their 40s. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just just because they loved the game and, and they probably needed the money. They needed. But one of, I, I don't know where he is on the all-time list, but one, one of the best historic pitchers in baseball history, Iron Man Joe McGinnity, mm. who won a couple of World Series crowns and, and uh, you know, they didn't have the Cy Young back then. Yeah. With the New York Giants, came and played two seasons in Butte after he'd finished his really? his professional uh, league and it was uh, his professional career and he was such a big deal that they temporarily changed the name of the team from the Butte Miners to the the Butte Ironmen really and he he was called Ironman because on like four or five different occasions in his professional career he pitched both games of a doubleheader and he did it once in Butte and won both games when he did it in wow. Butte. So I would love to go back. I've I've seen the I've seen the the stories about when he was playing here and that I've always wanted to go back and yeah. and tell that story because it's 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 a cool one. I'd love to go back to that stadium. 
because I think oh, it had a really yeah. high fence. Yeah. Because it was short because you'd hit. Now, I, I believe you. What you, if you pulled one down the left field line, you'd hit the Hall's house there, right? <laughs> yeah, you would. You know, so. Uh, All the photos of it were just uh, just a great deal. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, that that's, you know, just the, the sports and the importance of of Butte and so many different uh, sports on a national yeah. and even international level. I mean, that's why the boxing uh, was so, I've, I mean, I've loved boxing since I was a, a little kid. Remember watching Larry Holmes uh, yeah. fights with my dad and grandpa growing up. But Butte, back in the early 1900s, before boxing was an Olympic sport, before there was a scoring system. Yeah. I mean, back back in those days, the only way to win a boxing match was you had to knock the guy out. And if both guys were still standing after 32 rounds and they just couldn't go anymore, it was a draw. And so Butte was one of the first, and it was Montana, but Butte was yeah. obviously Montana at that, yeah. that point in time. Montana was the one of the only, if not the only place in the U.S. that had a scoring system. So you could be guaranteed a decision at the end of a fight, and you didn't have to knock the guy out. Plus, we had you know a hundred thousand seething drunken miners who <laughs> loved watching violent contests like boxing. Yeah. And so over about a ten-year period, the the title fights that were hosted in Butte, and a lot of them were in like these these makeshift temporary arenas that they would just build over the course of a couple of weeks because of all of the labor that we had here at the time it was like the the atlantic city or las vegas of prize fighting for the first 10 years of uh, of the the ninth yeah. uh, the 20th century that would be so much fun to go oh. like i remember reading about the fight when i read uh the first time i read mile high mile deep you know talking about going to the fights and i'd oh, yeah. love to see all that that stuff but you of course then later on let's talk about stadiums you were huge in instrumental in helping bring Three Legend Stadium. I mean, those were those were some of the things I'm proud of doing. That in um, Stodden Park was just cutting the, the bullshit. Park. I mean, like yeah. like the the carousel is a good example. The yeah. carousel site over a 20 year period had entertained like 23 different locations, including where, the Lady of the Rockies, right? Yeah, <laughs> and, and so it's finally it's like we, we gathered as yeah. as a local government. It's like, okay, where, where can this go? Let's pick a spot. Let's agree on it. Let's get them to agree on it, and let's build it and it was the same time one of the other big things were that uh, it was shameful that Butte a city of our size did not have an outdoor pool for yeah. for its kids and and that was one of the quotes that one of the quotes that I saw about six different times for crying out loud Lima has a pool yeah. <laughs> why can't Butte have an yeah. outdoor pool and so that piece there and then the other piece was the the uh, American Legion I mean yeah. the, their numbers were dwindling they kind of lost their home up at Tech and were bouncing around, and there had been a number of different locations discussed. And, you know, take your hat off to the Dennis and Phyllis Washington Foundation and Montana Resources, but the million dollars that they put towards allowing us That's to kind of a big deal. Build, it's a real big deal. Yeah. And it was, you know, it kind of opened the, opened the door to a whole lot more funding that came through because, you know, as we all know at this point, they've funded over $10 million of improvements in, in yeah. our parks and recreation. And, and now Stodden Park is the greatest park in the state. And, and I would argue that Miners Field is yeah. the, the best Legion field in the state. Yeah, there's, uh, I don't think there's anything close. It's a beautiful ballpark. Yep. It's a great view. 
I, I there's part of me wishes it would have been built like a replica of the old one down at uh, Clark Park. But could you imagine the parking issues if they built the baseball stadium oh. there? Because when people went to Clark Park for baseball, they let them rode the trolley well, my, or walked or. And my kids are hockey players, yeah. and my guy, you should see how fired up the neighbors get just over all the people that park there for hockey games. I mean, yeah. there's just not enough. Although it's yeah. kind of strange uh, if you've seen some of the old photos of that area when yeah. it used to be an armory. The reason Wall Street is so wide like that yeah. is you used to angle park facing both directions in the middle of the street. Oh, really? That's that's how the parking. That's how used, Wall Street was. That's huh? how Wall Street used to be. And I don't know when they changed that. But uh, now, and you, we were boys both play hockey, which I know the younger one doesn't play uh, football because because uh, he's in the hockey. Yep. And my the older one's is he? He's with the Cobras. He's with the Cobra. Well, I, he's actually with three different teams this year. He's yeah. with the Cobras up until just because of like youth hockey rules and how many different teams you can play for. He's on the Cobras. The Montana Wolves, which is Montana's double-A all-star yeah. team. And then he's playing with the, the Bozeman High School team. Yeah. Um, all three at the same time up until the end of this year. And then he has to pick, he has to drop the Cobras. And, and he's, he's a senior this year? He's a senior this year. And then the youngest one, Wrigley, is uh, Wrigley freshman. without the W. <laughs> <laughs> we could add that W back now. Of course, not this year. <laughs> not this year, no. <laughs> he did get one in his lifetime, though. Yeah, that's right. Not, not a lot of people predicted that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, do you know hockey at all? Do you, uh, oh, you, yeah. you wrote a little bit about well, hockey back in the day. F funny enough, that was like one of my – when we had that – that all-star do anything uh, sports team at uh, the Montana Standard. That was one of my beats. Was hockey. I covered the Butte yeah. Irish at the, when they were at the Civic Center, and then I covered the Rough Riders when they moved yeah. over to the to the uh, Butte Community Ice Center. So yeah, I've I've uh, grown to know it and love it. Same. Funny enough, I mean, you brought up that story about where we pissed off everybody who'd ever played soccer in uh, Butte. I mean, as uh, as you know, I mean, my oldest daughter Maddie ended yeah. up playing soccer and uh, went over to the Grizz and had a had a fulfilling career with yeah. uh, the Lady Grizz soccer. So I mean, a, a sport that I didn't know anything and really, aside from I remember I used to love playing it when they had a program that went up to the eighth grade in Butte. I didn't know anything about it. So. No, and I, I, to, I covered soccer for the ten years I was with Butte Sports. I still don't know anything about soccer, <laughs> but at least I, I went there. I've probably now covered more soccer games than anybody in media in Butte, you know, because most of them was just me and Bruce would go to some of them, you know. So I was at a lot it's of. It's a tough sport. People don't. I mean, honest to God, I'll I'll say that. I mean, whether you whether you ever understand it or find it uh, exciting or interesting, yeah. which you know I I do. A good soccer game is a good athletic competition yeah. to watch, but the the people that excel at that sport are in some phenomenal physical yeah. condition and it's a it's a tough sport i mean yeah so and the, i still and but uh it's one of those sports still where i think the parents don't understand it a lot you know oh i definitely definitely and, you know other than you know volleyball is probably a lot like that too you know where they they but the parents don't understand it but i think it took at least four or five years of me covering every soccer game to get the 
the people to uh, the soccer fans in town to forgive me for our rad chat comments about soccer. <laughs> well, I apologize. I will officially just as uh, I, I, I will provide a public apology. I take back anything I ever said about soccer. Another fun, fun soccer story was uh, uh, when I finished my football career up at Montana Tech and was just kind of itching, still had that competitive yeah. drive and was looking for something that I could do, which ultimately ended up being handball for a few years. Yeah. But one of the first sports that I tried after that was soccer up at Tech. Yeah. Tech had a, had a club soccer team up there and they had quite a few players that, that played. And Okrish, who was up at Tech at the time, he was used to be a, as big of a soccer player as anybody in beauty really? at the time. And so him and I, him and I went out and said, yeah, let, let's go show these guys uh, what we're made of. I literally thought I was going to die within the first 20 minutes of the, the scrimmage that yeah. we were playing at. It's just like it, the, the amount of running and the amount of, of athleticism it takes to run around and position yourself. And I forgot that Montana Tech, which I think they still have a pretty good multinational yeah. uh, uh, student body up there, was really diverse at the time i mean they had guys who were like semi-pro hockey or uh, fo soccer players yeah. or football players as they called them from saudi arabia nigeria um uh, uh peru and went out there and i mean it was just like what do we get ourselves into i yeah. mean i i remember just throwing up my hands at, uh, right before i threw up on the sidelines saying i can't do this went over to the sideline, guzzled about uh, uh, half a gallon of water and then threw it up in the grass because I, I was so tired. Yeah. So soccer is not as easy or boring of a sport as uh, people who don't know what it's about might think and it is. And, and most things were say we were teasing half the time anyway, so, or more than half the time. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> when you brought up handball, I think watching you play in one of the – I think state tournament was here right after we started playing. And you're, you're playing in the old courts at the, the Elks with, you know, I think with their three and four, you're up there playing. And uh, I got an insight into your upbringing. When <laughs> you're, this guy was really good, you were playing. He was beating you pretty, you used to beat me, uh, you know, you were way better than me when we started. And probably I, I could have played forever and you never played again and you still would have beat me, you know, <laughs> being a better athlete and me not having any hand-eye coordination. But I, I said something to your dad. I said, hey, that guy's pretty good. He's playing. Your dad's like, oh, we got to get Matt one of those big foam hands so he can hit the damn ball. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was, uh, that was the the peak and end of my uh, my handball career. Yeah. It was, I made the state championship game in the C division. Yeah, that's what it was. It, it was a championship, too. Yeah, yeah that, was, the guy, see, so, that was good. Scumbag from Bozeman. He, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he he found a serve that I couldn't hit, and rather than make a game out of it, he just kept. All right, Vinny. We now we know how long the batteries last on this uh, <laughs> thing. So you were talking about uh, the, the handball losing to the Bozeman guy. Yeah, I mean he it was, he, and he beat me bad too. It was yeah. like twenty twenty. But he was good. He shouldn't have been playing single. in the C. Probably not. Of course, actually, anybody who wins the C shouldn't have been playing in the C. It's kind of how it works, right? It's kind of. I think that that was the general argument, <laughs> although. The fact that I think he beat me 21-3, uh, 21-2, maybe I should have been playing in the C. Yeah. <laughs> well, if there was a D, I would have been in the D, maybe even the E. But it's funny that you bring the guy who was from Bozeman because as we get back to Ratchat, one of the the lasting impacts that Ratchat had, I think, is the nickname Boz Angeles for Bozeman. Compliments of Mike Roach. Yeah, that came right here. He said it. You typed it. People read it. And now it made... You know, it's, it's I, I had a fight with Wikipedia because I kept putting on their nicknames, 
you know, thanks to the great philosopher Mike Roach, you know, Bo's Angeles. <laughs> and they kept deleting it, and I kept adding it again, and I got an email from from the guy telling me we they're going to... We can't find any philosopher named Mike yeah, Roach. Gonna, he told me they're going to they're gonna block me if I from Wikipedia if I, if I do it one more time. I said, well, you don't want to. You don't want it to be accurate? What's the problem? So, but uh, that was one of the ones as uh, I remember that uh, when we were working on that, your, your brother-in-law Kelly was there laughing like crazy at that. Oh, when, yeah. When we did that. Yeah, I think we, we also tried to label Missoula San Frazula, but that was... San Frazula didn't yeah, stick, it yeah. It didn't, didn't quite stick. It doesn't have the same ring to it. No, F- but Los Angeles. Funny enough, I mean, sometime in the past 10 years, I remember saying that to a younger, like a millennial over in yeah. Bozeman. They embrace it. They think it's cool. They really? Think, they think the Los Angeles name is cool. It reflects how cool Bozeman has become. Which shows you why we call Bo's Angeles <laughs> <laughs> in the first place. So, so now, now you're uh, you're no longer the the chief executive or the mayor, as the Ghostbusters show uh, calls calls uh, Mayor Gallagher. Uh, you're you can do more consulting work now. Is, yeah, with I, your I, degree, back with your degree. Uh, to an extent, but quite honestly, you know that at least that's how I started. I started my own business, uh, Rampart Solutions, and started going back into doing environmental consulting, which I did for a short period in between leaving Butte Silverbow when I was there the first time and when I went up to Montana Tech to run the yeah. Clark Fork Watershed Education Program. But what I completely overlooked or didn't um, understand was the value that I had accrued over my four years in office, the political connections, the understanding of the uh, local and state and even federal economic systems yeah. and all of that. And so it quickly shifted, you know, for the first couple of years, all of my clients were environmental based. But now, fast forward uh, almost seven years later now, I'd say the majority of the work I do for my clients is like business development and public right. and government relations really? and then also environmental and the environmental piece is probably where i do the least amount of my work personally i have three other people that work for me on the environmental Uh-oh. stuff so it it's fun i mean i have uh, felt like i've been able to continue to do some some good things for for butte and for montana and uh boy i've just uh got a real diversity in all of yeah. uh, the, the things that, that we're doing. Everything from copper mining to Bitcoin mining. <laughs> Bitcoin. <laughs> so uh, you were closing up uh, on an hour here or so, so uh, might as well close. I got to have, we got to have one story that, that I, ha- I kept secret from the whole election <laughs> that led to us standing out here. Barbara LeBeau took a picture of me and you talking to the police. We're both leaning on the cop car, talking to him with our, Budweiser's in our right hand, in our hand, and I don't. Thank know God you, for open container. Uh, yeah, that was, Yeah, you could do that back then. But uh, we walk out of Maloney's at two a.m. and there's a full wheel sitting right here by the. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. There's a full wheel just sitting there. Not not just a tire, but it, the it wheel. Had the rim. It had, had the, the rim, rim and everything. everything. I mean, and, and what are what are wheels good for? Yeah, false. And, and uh, you said, "Oh, that's going down." <laughs> we had no idea as where in, it was from as in down main street yeah so uh and you took it up to where uh probably about where the was a max now they call it was a main street lounge yeah there. it was right right up at the, probably the granite main yeah and station. by the time that thing got here to maloney's it was bouncing higher than my head <laughs> and it started to turn the corner 
<laughs> and it was going right for the window of the bank at the time, the building. Which I was already scared about that. Yeah, we were... If that went through the window, the cops would have been here. Well, the cops were here pretty fast anyway. But <laughs> it was going, hit the window, but the car pulled out, and it bounced. Didn't hit the, hurt the car because it just bounced wheel to the side wheel. Yeah. Remember that? It hit it just perfectly, and, and, it, and it stopped, probably saving us from going to jail. Of course, the funny part about it was is the car that happened to be pulling out was a cop car. <laughs> and, and fellow Chicago Bears fan CD holder. Well, no, that, it, was, uh, it was Officer Scott. Oh, that's right. It was Officer Scott. The lights go on. He pulls up and says, somebody better go get that tire or you're all going to jail. And remember, all the people are walking with, you what, know, everyone's what, walking what away. tire, officer? <laughs> me, me and you are just standing there like they, well, I guess those are the two that did it. You know? <laughs> so, and, and next thing you know is the backup was CD coming down the street, comes CD Holter, Chicago Bears fan. And, and it was funny, and they come out, they're just laughing with us, you know, because they're too. What, too, what are you <laughs> thinking? What are you guys idiots doing? <laughs> but, but oh, the, all's well that ends well, yeah, as and, they say. But I don't know if that was a rat chat night or if that was just a, just a regular night. That could have just been a, a Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Barbara LeBeau was there, so probably Friday or Saturday. So yeah. it probably wasn't a. Probably was probably a Friday, Friday or Saturday. Yeah. But that was, that's my most, that, I, that moment. That was so funny. I, and I still, I, I have nightmares about what could happen if that thing stayed straight. Oh. <laughs> oh we would have been in so much trouble. That would have been, uh, that would have been something but, that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it wasn't, it. Well, it wasn't quite as much fun. You were here for the snowball fight, right? Oh yeah. When it snowed Jay like Bigford. it snowed like it snowed like a foot plus in it, on June third. Yeah, it was late spring. Yeah, it was. I believe best, it was June third. Best snowball, best snowball weather you. Can yeah, find. and that that was the one where it was we were throwing it just bonking every car that drove by, and it ended when Jay was spinning circle cookies in in the corner at in the intersection black, in his black Camaro. Yeah, his black Camaro. And he everywhere he'd see go, "Who's the dumbest guy you know? It's me. It's me." And then he'd go spinning around more. <laughs> it's like, "Jay, you got to get out of here. You can't be doing that. You can't be doing that." So you proved your point. But uh yeah, those were the God, those were fun nights though. Oh yeah. Tell the yeah. tell the women came along and uh, and straighten us out. For better or worse. I uh I think it's for better falls. I, I don't. I don't know if I'd want to see where I where I no. was twenty twenty years later if we'd have oh. kept on that path. <laughs> Which is Hirochi. <laughs> <laughs> Even Rochi, I don't think. Uh, no, Rochi settled out a little yeah, bit. I think. No, I miss. I miss. That's one thing I do miss about coming here a lot is seeing seeing Rochi. And the whole crew, you'd walk oh, in here. This place was so much better than Cheers. You know, you know, way better. You'd walk in here in a night, and, and on a weeknight, and Weitzel's there, Lejean's there, Malloy, Rochi, you know. Doug. Doug. <laughs> Doug. Remember, Doug watched the, the Raiders game. They gave up a touchdown in the preseason, and Doug says, uh, <laughs> Doug says, well, there's always next year. <laughs> preseason game. Oh, God. So, so I, yeah, I was in Coxie was being here, and. You know those John uh, Arthur, John Arthur, Mister Fuzzy Head. Charlie, that. Charlie's still in the game. Another, yeah. I just saw him wa- walking in the other day. Yeah, you know, Lacey. Lacey's the new and improved. Uh, <laughs> she's a new and improved Coxie. That's what, remember, PR worked here for, after Dick. Dick uh, left. PR worked here one. Started working Sunday nights, and I walk in here and PR said, "Hey, I'm the new and improved Dick." <laughs> 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 so we got to do it. I love Dick Pickett. He yeah. was. 
He was a and good then kid. and of course and then Saturday nights were Wally nights. Wally, Wally. Was it, I think it was was it every other Saturday? I think every Wally other were, every other Saturday. Yep. Yeah, oh Wally. This was this was a great place, and we and we got we could that was one line we couldn't get through. Remember we we had it because a lot of the lines in Ratchet were for ourselves, and, and we wrote that and we knew they were going to get cut, but you had to with because there's a sign that says we got what is it we got Coxie, we got. Nutter, we got Dick, something like that is was the sign yes. about the bartenders. I don't think it's still, if it's still up there or not. And uh, I don't see it. And Whitesell sign it. isn't hanging up anymore here, is it? Whitesell had the restored sign. The jackalope's still here and the yeah. wild boar. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, Whitesell used to have the sign hanging like right up here. When yeah. The reader. Go beyond suck. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a, this is a beauty. Oh yeah, because yeah, he's a Cards fan, and the, right. they they were about to fire their coaching staff, the GM, everybody sell the team at halftime. Then they come back and got the great win over the Raiders. Oh lord. Was Doug was Doug here watching that with you? Here's an analogy for you: is that if you lose to the Arizona Cardinals in overtime. That's like losing an arm wrestling match to Stevie Faulkner. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know. Stevie's all that shine in his shoes, man. He probably got some strength there. He's got more, he's got more uh, staying power than we do, obviously. Yeah, and he's still around shining <laughs> shoes. I think he comes out and shines some from time to time. Well, you know, you got to stay busy. Yeah. All right. Well, Vinny, thanks for, thanks for coming on the, the old podcast here. Hey. Hopefully it's something it's we pleasure. can do uh, every so often. I, I'm, I'm game. As long as your wife lets you. <laughs> I think she'll let me. <laughs> well, all right. Well, thanks, As long baby. as we don't revert to our old ways. No, and yeah, the, and the, no one will believe it, but we have uh, a four-pack of uh, non-alcoholic Guinness here and coffee and, and Mountain Dew. Yeah. But <laughs> maybe things can change. Maybe the Bears can start winning. Mm, yeah, probably not. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, Vinny. <laughs> You're welcome, Pulse. My pleasure. Yeah.